the nerds take over. Us? Huh? Welcome, Nerdables, to episode 135. This week we are going to be talking about Darwin Cook, remember, giving him a remembrance to Darwin Cook uh, and all his greatness. Uh, we're going to be talking about the end of Darth Vader and the end of several, several, well, not several, but a, a few, few TV shows. A few TV shows that uh, and we really revival like. Revival of another one. The, uh, time after do, time. Do you want to call yes? Do you want to call it a revival or just a uh, moving a clocks. safety net? In a in a sense, it's a revival. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Chris so we can start talking about Darwin Cook because uh, he's got a little bit more in depth than I do about it. Yeah, we're going to start the show with the sad part instead of ending the show on the best sad the part only, we usually do. Before you get started, I just remembered. I, but what we were talking about last night is. That we usually at the end of the show we tell everybody to leave your comments and you know concerns or hatred or whatever it is on Facebook or on uh, Twitter or even on iTunes or whatnot. But I also noticed that with SoundCloud that during the show, um, at certain points people can leave their comments and we'll see exactly at what point they leave their comments. So right now, if you put, I'm leaving a comment. <laughs> or, we'll I really hate this, show. I'm going to log off now. No, we just told them to leave a comment, so they should put, leave a comment. Yeah. So, uh, please let us know what you think. and That way it helps us to make a better show. Or, you know what, just tell us to get the fuck off the air and we'll see what happens. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris. Yeah, starting with bad news. Starting with bad so, news. So, Friday, May 13th in the morning, um, there was some news about Darwin Cook, who's a comic creator. On his official blog, his wife, Marsha, posted the following. Uh, quote is, with tremendous sadness that we announced Darwin is now receiving palliative, palliative, palliative. It's a very, P-A-L-L-I-A-T-I-V-E. Palliative. Care following a bout with aggressive cancer. Uh, his brother Dennis and I, along with our families, appreciate outpouring support we've received. We've asked for privacy as we go through this very difficult time, end quote. So throughout the day, we saw a lot of creators, fans, retailers, media posting their favorite pieces of Cook's art throughout their social media, mm-hmm. uh, remembrances of him. Uh, in the evening, however, Mike Aldred posted a RIP Darwin Cook, leaving to a lot of confusion um, all over social media as to the unconfirmed death notice. It was posted in a couple of different places, but each of those notices were deleted very quickly. Uh, Saturday morning, though, unfortunately... There was another statement on Cook's official blog uh, from his wife. Quote, we regret to inform you that Darwin lost his battle with cancer early this morning at 1.30 a.m. We read all of your messages of support to him throughout the day yesterday. He was filled with your love and surrounded by friends and family at his home in Florida. Um, Donations can be made to the Canadian Cancer Society and Hero Initiative. Please continue to respect our privacy as we go through this very difficult time. A longer statement will come later today. End quote. Uh, From there, uh, despite the promise of a longer statement to come, no new info has been released, including what type of cancer he had and how long ago he was diagnosed. It was very quickly between people finding out that he had it and finding out that, unfortunately, he had lost his life to it. Literally about maybe 12 to 18 hours. Less than 24, really, when you really think Mm -hmm. about it. Well, I had an uncle that that got diagnosed with brain cancer, and... It was a week later, literally a week to the day that he got diagnosed that he passed away. Yeah, so we haven't had any further information as to what he had and how long he had had it. 
Um, Cook was pretty huge in the comics industry. Uh, he made his comic book debut in 1985, but it was 15 years before he actually started working regularly mm-hmm. in comics. During the time in between, he worked as a storyboard artist for multiple DC Batman or DC-based animated series, mostly for Bruce Timm, including Batman Beyond, Superman: New Batman Adventures. The animated sequence that opens Batman Beyond is all Darwin Cook. He also did the uh, he also did the Dark Knight Return sequence from the uh, Legends of the Bat yeah. episode, mm-hmm. the famous Legends of the Bat. 2001, Cook teamed with writer Ed Brubaker for an update of Catwoman. Cook illustrated the first four issues and redesigned the character. Uh, that design is pretty much the design they still continue to use. That's the goggles on top. Yep. Uh, yeah. He then wrote and drew original graphic novel Selena's Big Score, which was a prequel to his run. But what he's best known for is 2004's DC New Frontier. Uh, it's probably the most significant single work of his career. Written and illustrated by Cook, it's almost 400 pages, starring DC's iconic heroes in a time between the Golden Age and Silver Age that we refer to in terms of comics. Um... He inspired, it inspired an animated adaptation released in 2008. The miniseries returned, received a number of multiple Eisner and Harvey Awards uh, and also led him in 2007 to helm DC Comics' revival of The Spirit, which is Will Eisner's most famous creation. Um, from there, I uh, left DC and adapted four of Richard Stark's Parker crime novels for IDW, starting with The Hunter and coming all the way to 2013 Slayground. The last work that we have published from him is a Vertigo series uh, called Twilight Children. He was working on something else. What was it? Revengeance, I believe, he was also, the title. He also did something with uh, Luna Brothers. Or the Luna the Brothers Hernandez wrote. Brothers. The, oh, the, the, yeah, the Luna Brothers, I think, wrote Twilight Children. I can't remember now. Yeah. But no, Reve- yeah, Revengeance, I think, is with the Luna Brothers. Okay. Um, but that has not seen released. He's also he's done a number of small issues. Uh, one shots here and there. He did some issues for All Star Western, and he also um, did the uh, the covers for the DC. He did a lot. Of, yeah, lately he received a lot of uh, work doing covers. Um, he did my favorite cover of Fatal, which looked like a Bruce Tim, but we found out it was Darwin Cook. I always thought when I first saw that cover of the woman in the red dress for Fatal, that was Bruce Tim, and then looked at it and then said it was Darwin Cook. So, mm. um, the outpouring of support has been huge. I mean, almost everybody has some sort of Darwin Cook story. Um, someone who was very outspoken about what he felt the industry was lacking in and failing in, very outspoken about some other creators in the industry, uh, very outspoken about fans in the industry, was not someone was someone that you wanted to meet at cons, but you also didn't want to meet at cons. He, he's, he's one of those guys where you either love him or you hate him. You don't, I mean, but even when you hated him, you still had great stories. That, that's true. Him. That's very true. My, my experience with Cook, unfortunately, I never really got to meet him firsthand, but a couple of years ago, I went to the, um, there was a spotlight panel at San Diego uh, that was hosted by the moderators for the iFanboy podcast who had become friends with him a few years before. And their first story is the very first time they went to interview him. They were nervous as hell. They were super big fans. They go meet him at a bar, and he puts three shots, a shot in front of each of the three other gentlemen, and says, you got to drink that before you ask me a question. And I always remember that story because I remember watching, looking up at the panel going, well, I'm never interviewing him. <laughs> um, oh, that's okay. I'll take your shot. Yeah. Uh, you have to give us both. You have to, I'd have to dis- distract him. You, sh- you shoot mine. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but he talked a lot in that... that um, that panel about the fact that he felt modern heroes from the big two were no longer heroes, that we had an entire group of vigilantes, um, that there weren't enough comics for kids that were appropriate for kids. Of course, he does all of this while he's drinking and using the F word multiple, multiple times. <laughs> um, but he was just such a big character. Do you on agree his with own. him though? 
Do you agree with him as far as what Partly, the big... yes. I, th- I think we've gone too far where we don't leave anybody clean. Yes. This is the new 52 for Superman for me was like, we don't leave anybody clean. There has to be someone who's better than everybody else. Marvel, Cap, it was always he... Cap, and in DC, it was always Superman, and they've kind of changed that. Exactly. And so it's 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 a hard thing. The, the, I felt comics needed to grow up, but at the same time, what did we lose? But that's, I mean, it was the statement that he made over and over again. So that was my Darwin Cook story. I know Mike's a big fan of his art creation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't don't say too much, there, Mikey. <laughs> no, I mean, but you are. I mean, well, he you're, ran you're out probably, graphic ink. You're, you're probably one of the, of everybody we know, one of the biggest Darwin Cook fans. I like his the retro style. But right. I I like a lot of retro stuff. But he but he's one of the last artists to really embody that that as you call it retro style. There's a couple. Yeah, but also still out there right now. He did mention well, in that yeah. same in that same panel that one of the problems that he was having was he was having trouble finding work because no one wanted to use him for modern books. They wanted to use him for old timey stories. So right. <laughs> they wanted to recapture that Silver Age stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. What? Well, okay. So before we get too far into it. Everybody, what is your favorite Darwin Cook piece, or you know, or image, or, you know, uh, one of one, whatever piece that he's done that, that's really captivated what you are? For me, the most iconic piece is that that frontier cover where they're everybody's kind of looking off into the future. They're all they're looking off into like the heavens. Which when I started looking at the rebirth picture, it kind of reminds me of that. It's almost mm-hmm. like a three. I mean, granted, granted the the stylized. Draw, you know, the image of it isn't the same, but it's that still that that looking towards the future, which you know Darwin Cook did very well with that that frontier. Yeah, cover. it was like the last page of it too. Yeah. Um, well, New Frontier is going to be, I think, almost it's not fun. universally, but yeah, it's almost everybody's it's what favorite. Got me Darwin Cook, so yeah, yeah. I, I still the I, his the solo spirit, issue is fantastic too. The spirit's I, I love, one of the ones that like. I I found the spirit through Darwin Cook. I knew uh-huh. who the spirit was in terms of a little bit of of Eisner stuff, but I never really paid attention to it until Cook did the revival, and I had a couple issues here and there. And it led a me lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was amazing. Oh no, it's 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 really good, and the old stuff's really good too. It's just it's it's definitely different. Yeah, I know Sebastian. You met him. Yeah, once or twice, right? I've met him a few times, and he was always really, really nice. And I even have a—he did a quick Green Lantern head sketch for me at Comic Con. Oh, sweet! At a time when I mean, and it's one of those things like everyone is like, "Oh, the con was always less populated," but this was maybe two thousand—I want to say maybe two thousand nine-ish? You're getting into that. Yeah, that's where, that's where that, really that's, yeah, that's where you're getting into that 150 to yeah, 175,000 Yeah, it was people. just before Twilight was the like boom. That, was that big boom with the Twilight. And he was just sitting by a booth by himself at IDW. Nobody around him. I walked up like, hey, I love New Frontier. You know, can... I, th- I think I may have a photo with him. But uh, for the most part, I like, hey, can you do like a quick sketch? He's like, yeah. Who wants like? It's like, can you do Green Lantern? He's like, yeah, okay. And I tore a page out of a notebook that I had, and he did a quick head sketch of Green Lantern, you know, just with Sharpie, nothing fancy. And I was like, thank you, much appreciated. Yeah, it's amazing that, and you brought up just a really good point there. It's amazing at how some of these great creators get overlooked at the cons. And they're just sitting there. I mean, well, I, I, there I isn't, can't. There the, isn't a buzz for younger people. I, mean, I can't tell you thing. how many times I walk past Mark Wade sitting there, and he's just you know, no one's around him, or Jim Lee, or somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, just you know, it's just Jim Lee." I've, the same, I've yeah. had the same experience with Matt Wagner. You walk by Matt Wagner, and no one's yeah. talking to him. I have a I have a V for Vendetta sketch from uh, oh god, 
now, like immediately, you mentioned Matt Wagner, <laughs> uh, 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 head sketch from the artist on V for Vendetta, and just one of those things again. Yeah, that, at, that escapes me now too. His he was at the DC booth by himself, and I was like, is that yeah, is that the guy from V for Vendetta? Well, it was an old story where um, Greg Rucco was in the DC booth when he was doing uh, Detective, and he was slammed, but he was also doing. Um, the book for IDW, the 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 MI6 book that all of a sudden I can't remember the name of it, with a Q. What's that? Queen and Country. Yeah, Queen for and Country. Drawn and quarterly. Uh, well, originally it was an IDW it book. Was? Yeah, oh. uh, it got the reprints are drawn and quarterly. Um, and so he's he's at the IDW booth for Queen and Country, and there isn't a single person with him. I talked to him for probably forty minutes <laughs> as he was there. But yeah, I mean, Cook stuff's amazing, and and. and the amount of output he has doesn't seem as high as the amount of praise. Usually you don't see people that are very effusive and very eloquent of their praise of somebody when they haven't done this huge body of work. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's really to show how amazing a master is. If you want to see how great he is, any of those Parker novels that he adapted. His adaptation, yeah. Absolutely incredible. I borrowed him from Mike. I've, I've read the, at least the first two, maybe the first three. I know I've read the first two, but if you want to see like crimes explained really well through graphic form, yeah. oh my god, it's incredible. I mean, it's it's it's, and you could tell it was it was something that he loved. He loved Donald Westlake's novels, and they were was friends. A, yeah, it was a passion project for him, and there was nobody else that he was going to allow to do it. And thank God they didn't, because it was incredible. Yeah, after those Parker books, I got really hyped when they brought back James Bond. They put uh, Warren Ellis on the yeah. book as like. Oh man, I can't wait to see if Darwin Cook will ever do a James Bond because again, in the same in the same Ooh, vein, he did the Parker books. Yep. He's a huge, you know, it's that '60s Jet Age era James Bond yep. fan as well. And all of a sudden, to be like, oh, I'm never getting that. Thanks. Thanks I, that would answer. be really cool to see Cook doing. Uh, yeah, James I'd love Bond. to have seen him done like a '60s style James Bond book. Yeah, very uh, tough loss. Very quick. Oh, I was. Uh, I became a fan of his just based on those uh, more later on. I guess from New Frontier. Like I didn't know. He did New Frontier until you know, we saw until him recently. The, the new Fifty Two covers. Yeah, I, I basically yeah, got the new December of last year. Yeah, those those twenty covers that were amazing too. And I think I bought most of those covers because you know his art style is you know because I like Bruce Tim's art style a lot and it's very similar to his. So I really yeah, obviously Tim, yeah, Tim Tim found his work to bring him to animation and he yeah. obviously influenced the style of those those animated pictures and those those covers. The, the the story and the emotion that he can he can invoke in a single image mm-hmm. that's that's a master. Yeah. Well, the the He Man cover that he did, He Man cover is fantastic. Was, it's just but, amazing, and that's why it's like you know it's He Man, and yeah. this looks amazing. And it, look at the Batman Superman cover. There's a whole story on that single panel. Yeah. As you see, mm-hmm. the bad guys in the background knocked down. You have the the bomb and all the C four, and it's got one second on the timer. Mm-hmm. And Superman's got the kind of whoo on his face, and Batman's smiling at him, sort of. Yeah. And it's just there's a whole story in just one image. And it's well, just even incredible. the Batman cover from that one, the is Batman just cover with, with so much going on, mm-hmm. but you can it does it also shows a story. You well, know, so, when yeah. you after you left last night, when I was looking at that graphic ink, it, the the story he did in is the second story for the uh, New Fifty Two uh, Jonah Hex was Wyoming. Mm-hmm. It's the one, and it's such a brilliant story. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I think by that point in the Jonah Hex comic, the the secondary stories were starting to 
outweighed the first, you know, the the, the Jonah Hex stories. Yeah. And there was such a great story, and the, the art on it was just amazing. And you look at it, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, even the December covers wasn't that long ago. Well, Twilight Children was late last year or yeah. this year. Right. The, and, the, the uh, collected edition for Twilight Children was released on Wednesday. And now here we are in May going, we've lost a, you know, a, a master in the comic book industry, a master artist. And it's like, wait, this just came about like, you know, just out of I, nowhere. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's not, it's not like, uh, it's not like Frank Miller who, you know, is sick. Right. And you know, you know, time is coming and that's why he's trying to get out his new dark nights. Mm-hmm. And despite like, especially for me, like seeing sort of the sad internet criticism, like recently people started getting all, uppity about like the wonder woman cover he did a couple for the last for the last issue the two variant covers yep. it's like the dude's dying yeah cut him a break really like well, they never, he's they've still never doing confirmed it really? that he's done that and yeah, really like, his again, proportions are off come on it's just uh, with with cook and again we just we don't we don't know and we don't know if we will ever know I mean, right he was a fairly private guy anyway yes he was a very private guy so too. we don't know if we'll ever know how long he was sick how long right. he knew he was sick and how it got worse. That's what's, the way it should be. What's the crazy, though, is how many people have, you know, famous people, if you will, have passed away this year of cancer. I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing to think of, it just it seems like every other week there's somebody else that's dropping off the face of the earth that is an inspiration to everybody. Well, it's like the the uh, South Park did that entire episode with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. but it was that that was another one of those big. Was it like maybe two thousand nine or so? Yeah, and it was literally like every big celebrity: Michael Jackson, Billy Mays, Ed McMahon. <laughs> so many people have yeah. died, and that this is another one of those years where it's like okay, the there's next... a big clump in the first yeah. few months of this year. Yeah, so yeah that's coming threes. So, but well, it does. This, is, this of... is up to like nine. Well, this is it's way past three, nine now. Yeah. Three. Three. Well, three multiples, yeah, nine, multiples. Nine That's would be three, is, three, three, three. So speaking of Friday, in much lighter news, but still kind of sad for some of us, on Friday, Marvel announced that Darth Vader uh, is ending at 25. Yay, I can collect the trade when it finally comes out <laughs> on, on the bus. So it's an easy trade to collect. Darth Vader is still a big book for Marvel. It's in their top ten. I think it's, it's in Diamond's top ten, too. It's one of the best Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably the best Star Wars book. So it's, it's a super big book. He... Uh, <laughs> uh, on Kieran Gillen, who's the writer for for Darth Vader, put on his Twitter that day. Yes, it has peaked me to uh, peak me to manage to get a book cancel that is in the top ten. I am invincible. Um, but it, it kind of as we're going through the day, it was uh, there was an interview with Kieran Gillen, and there was a, a, a big quote. Um, this is from Karen Gillen, quote, it was a situation where we've always said all the way through from Darth Vader number one, this was a story with a beginning, middle, and end. We kind of looked at where we were at after Vader down and realized we were probably actually nearer to the end than we thought we were. There's a situation where we were like, okay, it's better to actually end the story in a way we think is most effective. We don't want to pat it out extraneously. That was the kind of thing we were like, oh yeah, this is the end of this particular story, in which case it's a natural place for Vader to move on. So although Vader was listed as an ongoing, Sebastian and I were having this conversation earlier, Kieran Gillen always had an end for it. This is the text message conversation, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That he had an end for it at some point. But you can't solicit a book two years ago and say, Darth Vader is a 20-issue-ish maxi-series that may or may not continue with another writer as soon as Kieran Gillen leaves. So it was always meant to sort of end in this spot. Um, I think Mm -hmm. they just kind of wanted to leave the decision open to Marvel whether they wanted somebody else to do it right after. 
and Marvel's decision instead is to just go ahead and let it lie fallow. There's no way there isn't going to be another Vader book at some point, um, at least in my opinion, but it'll be someone different than Kieran Gillen because this is his last work for Marvel. He's doing all independent work now. Right, and I I, I, think I sent you the link this morning where yeah. I think it was an interview with CBR from the previous story arc about this upcoming story arc starting at issue 20 where he's like, I'm pretty sure we've sort of reached a conclusion, but he didn't say that this would be the last story arc, but that they were getting close to the end and if it, this is as good as time as any, then I'd rather he know when to cut himself off and know end the book. Know when to fold him. Know when to hold Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> know when to hold him. Know when to hold um, Look, here's the thing. I just finished reading Bloodlines with the Princess Leia story. I can see that the whole Star Wars universe starting to move to that era now between Jedi and The Force Awakens. I you know, I after Rogue One, it, they've got to start moving on and start adding that ga- or filling that gap between that that twenty five thirty years between. I don't those know if two. they've got to. I but I think they will. I think you're you're going to see for a while. You know now. Well, obviously they weren't doing the movies, it before because they wanted to leave so much information for Force Awakens. Correct. But at the same time, there are pieces in that big gap that. You don't want to hamstring the writers of eight and nine. Either. No, I, I agree with that. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know how much more we're going to see. But from now that, that you've era. already, you now that you've already set up where the universe is with Episode Seven, you know, Force Awakens, you can start g- filling in some of those gaps yeah. with uh, other characters. Also important to note in terms of, of a note in terms of Marvel. Marvel just started the Poe Dameron book, which mm-hmm. is listed as an ongoing and which takes place pre Episode Seven. But not by much. It's only right. like a year before or whatever. Well, so there even, is another ongoing, and it does take place in the episode seven time period. Even the uh, the Bloodlines book takes place within the ten years, you know, within ten years of, of Force Awakens. Yeah, we obviously still have two more aftermath books from Chuck Winding that yep. people right. can hate too. <laughs> that didn't go very well. Hey, those Tie Fighters—they wibble wobble through space. Um, but yeah, I mean, Darth Vader. As much as I, I love reading the book. I can see where it does need to come to an end. You know, we, we need to start moving on to the other things. And, and I could also go farther back to in one of the Karen Gillian interviews, they had said like uh, nothing from the legacy series or the legends. Now, yes, he was, he was told from uh, Marvel that nothing from the legends was off limits for him to use. So if they, if they ever found anything interesting, they wanted to retell or bring back, they could, <laughs> so they could always go back and do pre prequel stuff again. They have an entire universe to play with. So. Well, I mean, even with with the stuff we've seen with rebels and things like that, right? They're already they pulling. Did a book. Yeah, they're they're pulling things from the old expanded universe, the legend series yeah. now, and and starting to put those in. Um, there, there. You know, you mentioned the legend series. It's funny because recently there's been a lot of fan momentum of asking Disney to to not only do the standalone movies and the the Star the the Skywalker trilogies but to maybe do some of the legends movies. I wouldn't mind a Knights of the Old Republic show. Yeah. I mean I, I mean Yeah, something like that's going to be anything that's between Jedi and Force Awakens. Disney That's going to be never they're not, they're not touch they'll in never terms touch of it. a canon type right. thing. If it's, it's it's never not going to have um that legends banner on top right. of it, and they're, I mean, they're not going to spend money to, to animate the Thrawn trilogy when you're right. already saying none of this, quote unquote, counts. Which right. again is a whole other argument of well, like we how much you're going to get wrapped up in right. counts. And, but they and can always count. they can always bring Thrawn back 
as a as a and character. I still, I no, hate but, that idea. They're, they're no, still, it, there's still, yeah, Rebels I, I, season I do agree three, they're talking about that. Right. As yeah, they've, they've been, the rumor is that Thrawn will be a character, but they, you know, they may not touch on the previous story. But I wouldn't mind. Who to... knows? Maybe the maybe in Rogue One, the uh, the Admiral or whatever we see with the the white cloak and everything, Grand that General could be Tron. That could be Thrawn. Just you don't you you remove the alien part of it. Just well, Grand, then you, you Grand, remove the most interesting not, part. Then he's of not. It. That's Tron, very true. Yeah. That's, um, why, that's why I call him Tron. But no, I mean, there's there's several things that you know, Grand, you can still do. Tron. Shadows of the Empire that could be done. Yeah, I, I, I figure that's part of the reason that you kind of stop these things where you stop them is that you're trying to leave spaces open for other people to fill in. You don't want to hamstring everybody else. This is the big thing with Legends. Everything I, I always go back to Celebration last year and John Jackson Miller's panel that I saw in terms of writing for licensed fiction, in mm-hmm. which he says the last thing you do is do anything that is going to hamstring other writers in the universe as a whole, unless you're instructed to do so. He's like, I'm not writing a book going, I'm going to kill Admiral Akbar," unless Lucasfilm from an editorial group says, this character is allowed to die. I'm not doing it, and the editors will never release it anyway. But even to the lower pieces, where if you have secondary characters, someone like Timothy Zahn, to not finish the story of Talon Cardi and Mara Jade, and some of the other characters that he created within there um, was a service to other writers who are going to write in that universe. If you accept to write in that universe, which Karen Gillan has done, you know you're not going to be able to do something where even the characters he created, uh, Afra and the two droids, who knows if they're going to make it out. And if they make it out alive, that may be Karen Gillan's basically... Here you go, a nice favor to other people right. that are going to pick up those characters somewhere down the line and do something with them. Oh, I can see the two droids being... Two droids a, will be in a... If they survive through this, the two droids will be in a special somewhere. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's one-shot material. Ichibaka miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, they're, they're, those will definitely be... Those two, and um, the doctor, I, can't, I lost her name now. Afra. Afra. I could see her in another series, too. If she makes it out. If she makes it out. Yeah. I, these characters, I mean, I could even see them showing up on Rebels. Those those are those type of characters that translate very well to that. that. The only reason I don't think you'd have them in there is that you don't have a large audience that knows them versus using someone like Lando Calrissian or whatever. Sure. But we'll see. I mean, they, they, they could be in there. Who knows? Um, yeah, but I mean, is is as far as Star Wars presence with Marvel, do you think the loss of Darth Vader as a comic book ongoing series is going to hamper them too much. Is no, it, they keep it's it, nothing a hampering. It's just a sense of, they can keep it fresh. It is, it is have, one of their best books. It is, but they don't have to touch Darth Vader as his own series for a year. They can bring another character in for uh, a couple characters for mini series and stuff. And then like, okay, we've got a, somebody comes on those. I got a good idea for another Darth Vader book. And then they go, okay, we'll bring Darth Vader back with a new number. Yeah. One. I think it's a sense of not sure. having someone come in. Cause there wouldn't be any, Connie threw it. Kieran Gillen's leaving. Salvador LaRocco will probably leave with him. So you have a character. You have one of your most iconic characters in the entire history of your universe uh, lying fallow for someone to be able to bring in. Dark Horse did the same thing. They never did a Dark a Darth Vader series, but there was a number of miniseries. Right. There's a ghost prison. There's and it's not like uh, he's not going to show up in Star in, in the Star yeah, Wars. He's, he's kind of all of those. Yeah, you know, and, and that's uh, and that's the other thing. The Star Wars you have the, the reason that you would cancel something like Vader. And not cancel something like Star Wars, which you never cancel something like Star Wars at this point. But the that's fact a, that a Vader, well, a Vader book has to have Vader, right? 
you know, for for any stretch, you, you can't you're not going to go more than an issue and a half without Vader showing up. A Star Wars book, you can draw from any character in the entire universe. Right. You can have a Vader centric storyline in Star Wars for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes with, I've got a four issue mini series for for Vader, and they decide, you know what, Greg and and whoever's doing the book are going to have a little bit of a break. We're gonna have these guys do Vader. You can do that very easily, and so. then you pull off yeah. to do a Biggs, or yeah. you know, I mean, you could do anybody that's within that, whatever the time frame you're doing it, because it is within the Star Wars. Yeah, it was just a shock to see, because like you said, a top ten book getting canceled like that. But when you have a creator that's leaving, and Marvel basically saying we're gonna we're, we're gonna go ahead and respect the idea that this book isn't gonna be the same without Kieran, so let's just let it lie for a little while. Do you think the decision's more because of Kieran leaving, or because of it reaching a point where? It needs to be canceled. It's. It doesn't need to be canceled. That's. Or, you you, you no. don't cancel a top ten book unless your creator leaves. But I mean, unless it's reached its point where it, it, it's told its story that needs to be told. Yeah, they could continue with twenty six with you know, Jim Bob writing it and Bob Jim issue illustrating it. Yeah, they're saying. Kieran's leaving. I wouldn't Let's buy it just based book. on the names. I think I, I think you would. Jim Bob and Bill Bob, or Jim, no, Jim, Jim Bob and Bob. Jim, Jim Bob. Jim Bob really understands Vader. He gets <laughs> Vader. So, you know, yeah, Anakin's think... real name was Jim Bob, right? Sure. Yeah, he was from back one. But I Jim Bob Skywalker. It's another thing. Is like you know, Marvel knew, I guess, going into it that it's going to only last for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And it's not like it's going to hurt them. Yeah, it's a it's a great title for them, but they have so many. Star also Wars have four Star Wars books. Look, just, I'd uh, rather than pull out when it's good than pull out when it's bad. But that's the thing also is like this book is ending with an ending. It's not like, oh, we're going to cancel it and you don't understand our ending because yeah, we have is, to rush is, it. No, it's, it's, it's a vertigo type approach where they started to do that. Where they said, mm-hmm. you know, 60 or 70 issues in, we're done, we're out. And it, there's a difference there because those were all creator controlled yeah. and creator owned books. But the, it, it, this is kind of like. This may be them learning from the example of Fantastic Four with Jonathan Hickman, where they should have just canceled that book once Hickman left and just let it sit for a couple of years until someone comes up with a pitch, which is eventually what they did with Secret Wars. And Jonathan Hickman came in and said, I'm going to finish a way that's a little bit of the story that I was telling. We're going to put the end of it in Secret Wars. There's the end of it. Oh, there's no Fantastic Four in, in the new, in the new, in the new, all new, all different. Yeah, because, well, because nobody writes that fucking book. It's because Fox and... Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Because, you know, Fox Fox owns X-Men, and Marvel doesn't do anything with X-Men besides Age of Apocalypse covers and Age of Apocalypse ads all over their stuff. And the fact that the major villain of three X-Books for the summer is, oh, that's right, it's Apocalypse. Yes. Who happens to have whole movie. his own movie, yeah. which people say is bad. Um, Speaking are you, of bad filming. And, but I was going to say one last thing on, on Vader's. I'm glad they're ending it with a specific number instead of like, you know, 26, 27 or something like that. Ending it on 25, it, it gives you a completion. You know, I mean, I guess because... Gives you, people with OCD a reason to, you know, Well, I mean, but you, you have numbers that, are, a, that mean something. But it's not something. an even number. Yes, but, but you, it's a quarter of 100, so therefore... Right, you have, you have, it's a quarter of 100, it's 25, you know, 25 years, 25. But it, it, it's, it's meaning... It's a base five number. It's a... It's more meaningful than ending on a random number. Yeah, but I think because they... What was the? What was the, I think the tr- the hardcover solicited is like one through twelve in the annual. Yeah. So now you have to do thirteen through twenty five, but you're also including the two issues of Star Wars and the Vader down one shot. Right. So that's second. That second hardcover is going to be huge. It's it's hard to do the the hardcovers and, and the trades like that, but you know, to end on twenty five is then if it does pick up, then you twenty five is an easier number to pick up on. Yeah. Well, no, it'll be a one. 
Marvel is nope, such a so yes. You're getting ready to say on um, bad writing and bad yeah bad bad the canceling film entertainment the uh, what was it Monday Monday Sunday the TV slaughterhouse started was it Monday or Tuesday uh, it was Monday I think, I think that everybody Tuesday, kind of yeah. out with it. It I thought it was Tuesday, Tuesday. Was, was it Tuesday I think it was Tuesday whatever day it was it was this week we found Past out week. that what we already knew. Yes. That there's no Agent Carter this season. Which is funny said, that people are slating it as a slaughterhouse when it's only like maybe, I don't know, Well, there's, 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 well, a, lot, no, there's you, a lot more shows. If you look at the shows, overall shows. But we're only going to talk about a couple because we don't have to it's talk about... It's a 20 shows were canceled. Yeah, 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 20 so, shows from this, this season. Do you think about like, like, how many shows are on TV, though? I mean, like, yeah, but when you have not... when you have ABC basically well, yeah, canceling its entire Thursday night lineup or something like that or whatever. No, I'm sorry, Fox. NBC cancels. NBC cancels everything anyway because NBC sucks. Uh, you can add. You can add. Other, I think other than Chicago thing, Fire, there's nothing been no, on NBC yes, that's worthwhile. Anyway. Well, everything on Blue NBC Blood. is Chicago. Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Medical, Chicago Blacklist. Yeah, I think that's Chicago why Dateline, Chicago whatever. But this for, this good. coming season will be the first time that there isn't a CSI on CBS. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's not the type of stuff we talk about. Because CBI, 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 CBS got rid of the last thing that has CSI Cyber got canceled. Let's not talk about that crap. We're going to talk about, but Agent Carter. We're going to talk about Agents of Shield. we're going to talk about Supergirl. Supergirl. And we've got to talk about Castle. No, we don't. Just because, just because you want to fuck Nathan Fillion, that show has nothing to do with pop geek culture. We're not talking. Uh, but about. it does. Well, no, it doesn't. But it doesn't. As soon no, as the, as soon as the word got no, canceled, no, it doesn't. Because those people are idiots, and, and they I'm not went, giving them the time. They just went stop. Firefly. Stop. No. stop. I'll say one thing. Oh. The interesting thing. I know. About I tried. Castle, you, you. Interesting thing about Castle, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Nathan Fillion. It's the main. Uh, the main, the main females. female decided both of them. she wanted to leave. Both of them. Both of the main female characters had already announced they were leaving. So that it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that it was yeah. canceled. But here's the thing. They, you know, and Chris has already dropped the mic on this. Yeah, I'm done. This is one thing I said. We don't want to talk about this. And um, into it. You wonder why our fucking shows are three <laughs> fucking hours long. Alan Tunic has already picked up. So there's there's no way there could be a Firefly re, re, uh, revival. There's never going to be a Firefly reunion. But Alan Nobody Tunic cares. has already picked up a new show for Powerless on NBC. So going back to Chris, now we can go back into it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm done. Are you seriously done? I've been, I, this is exactly what I said I didn't <laughs> want to talk about. I was like, why do I fucking bother to try to put together some sort of production schedule for this fucking thing? And we just throw it up. I said, I don't want to talk about the fucking castle. But so anyways. Castle. <laughs> no reason for us to cover fucking castle. Um, we did have the cancellation of... of uh, uh, Agent, Agent, Agent Carter. Carter, which we weren't really surprised because Agent Carter, because uh, uh, Haley Atwell's picking up another. She's got ABC another show, show, but the the ratings were also not good. Right, uh, they were the lowest show that they've had on right. ABC in recent years. Right, despite despite how much I enjoyed the show, I was like, I could see it coming, but it's okay. It's it kind of it feels like a show that. You could come back in a couple of years mm-hmm. and do another six episodes and but be even, okay. But having her death in Captain America Civil War, spoiler, but... Um, she was like 90 years old. It doesn't work when you put the spoiler <laughs> after <laughs> you say what it is. But but having her... She, there, there, she, was, there was not going to be a course. super soldier serum that they're going to give no. her and make her young again. She she's, she's run her course. Sure. That's why, that's why I say you could always come back and do a mini... You know, but, in, a, in a couple of years to do another story in you know in the fifties or the sixties mm-hmm. or the seventies. How long would matter. you? How long would that series could have? I mean, would have gone on anyway? <laughs> well, adre- originally, not adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yeah. Originally, I thought it was just going to be a one season. Mini it was series. supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed so, to. Be. And it did really well. It yeah. came back for season two. 
and season two didn't do as good. But I, that's why I go like, yeah, but the, the idea of having it only be like six episodes, like the first season, means you could come back in a couple years. You could set it in the 70s all of a sudden, uh-huh. yeah. and you're fine. Honestly, it's a break for the writers for sure. S.H.I.E.L.D. Is it is it a break for the writers for Shield? Now they got to work harder to try and maintain. What well, even, audience but they see have. the writer the writers for Shield have said they wish that they could be doing a smaller schedule. That they don't really like doing a twenty two twenty four episode season because they have to continue on that storyline for the whole season for something like uh, like a superhero type thing. It really gets dragged out, and you're doing so many fillers. You're doing so many things that. Now you have to go back and tell this little pi- this little piece. You got to drag out this storyline, and there's things that they could tell within two or three episodes. But now, because they're so long, they have to tell it within ten episodes. And they're like, "No, we would we prefer to have it shorter." So give us something to fill in between. Mm-hmm. Where you know, but now they also have pulled the plug on Most Wanted, which was the the Mockingbird. Hunter series that was supposed to be another filler in between. Well, they ordered a pilot, if I'm not mistaken. Now they they, 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 they pulled the plug on that. Did they, well. So they haven't even filmed the pilot. Nope. Hmm. Well, I guess they figured Agents of Shield isn't doing well. Hey, uh, 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 Haley Atwell show uh-huh. Agent Carter isn't doing well. Might as well not. Might as well not risk it. They well, Chris, Chris mentioned something, you know, in one of got the texts or something of when are they deciding to pull the plug on Shield. And if he'd pick up the mic, he'd get in, get back into this. <laughs> but I think that maybe their 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 train of thought is: if we cancel these other shows, we can focus more on Shield and make Shield better. Sure, hopefully. Sure, but it's always it's not all the same people who are who right. need to do all of the you know the multiples of the shows. They also have a lot of energy focused into Netflix right now, mm-hmm. where they get to tell the stories they actually want without. Big network restrictions well, because too. they they basically film those like like movies. Right, they go in there for three or four months and they film their ten episodes or thirteen episodes, however long they're going to do it, and they're done. They they get to tell the whole story that one moment. They they know what they're going to have for right. the whole season. Well, there's no restrictions either, and that's the while, other thing. While, yeah, but that's that's one of the things you have you have a regular TV audience to have to entertain, mm-hmm. and there's also a lot less you can do on TV. But I think. For me, Agents of Shield's biggest failing is that the characters lack charisma. The stories lack any sort of. They've any, gotten better at, at that. Any sort of unique tone to the yeah. show, and it's one of those things. Like when you watch a show like Daredevil, there's a tone. There are story beats that feel very evocative to Daredevil, and it doesn't feel like any of the other Marvel movies or properties. Sure. And then Jessica Jones has its own feel. Agents of Shield feels like. It's like it's NCIS, it's CIS, but that, that's what the audience that they have to try to cater sure, to. Sure, they, they have they, see, and that's what where a show like Shield, where you not only well, no, have to try to cater that to, they have to cater to, but they they choose to, and that's why it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel any different from any other police procedural, and that's a bigger favorite. But they have, but see, they have to cater that on the audience, but they also still have to try to cater to the the pop culture fans that are going to cross over to yeah, it. Yeah, but those are those th- that's a tiny tiny audience. Sure. And which they which means that they have to more more so try to cater to the police drama type audience. My dad loves the police drama. He watches Blue Bloods. He care, he likes the he likes the the NCISs like all the elderly do. Mm-hmm. He finds Agents of Shield incredibly boring. 
And that, that goes to say, it's like, man, if they can't keep his attention, <laughs> then then they're doing something wrong. Uh, this yeah. season, and, this and season's not, gotten and, a lot better. I, I can't I can't speak to about you know the writer's ability to write. I don't know what pressures they're under, uh-huh. and so I, I it's it I can't I can't knock them too hard because I don't I you know we don't know too much of the backstory who's saying what right what has to be done. But I feel like it's a show that needs to find its own voice before it captures an audience, and they didn't do that. No, I, I I can see that. Versus something like Supergirl, which, like, I, I had said before, like, it's not going to last long on CBS. But CW picked it up, which I think is the perfect place for I, that, it. That is the perfect place. And I, I've seen a lot of people but say... But it's also a show, like, even though I know Supergirl isn't a show for me, mm-hmm. it's a show that, like, yeah, it has its voice. It has an audience. in it, it, it skews to the younger demographics. And a show like that moving to CW is far better than something that would just middle on CBS and then disappear entirely. Look, that show, after when it hit, it's... it's Well, its ratings tanked after, like, three episodes. It, its ratings tanked, but it managed to get better as far as its storytelling. And, you know, even... I, I, I See, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, but well, but I also know thing. that the stories they're also they also skew younger. But some of the bizarre logic behind the show, the bizarre logic is just is bizarre logic, really weird. You, you have to just you have to you have to accept it. For you have what to it accept. Is. It, yes. But I feel like that's better suited for CW, where they can where they have two other shows that aren't very good but have a very beloved like a, a very targeted audience who well, actually care about them and care about the shows. A lot of people have said that the only thing that they wish now is that. They hadn't set up that Supergirl is in a different universe or alternate Earth. Yeah, but that's you know, you think not, they didn't know. I don't want to see that many crossovers. I'm fine with just Flash right. and Arrow. Flash Arrow, and then even Legends. They'll yeah. do it. They'll do a crisis. Yeah, I don't need to see a crossover with them. See, I, I could have seen see them. the, the um, characters go back into their shows. I could. I and I, that's what I actually thought is that they should cancel uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Let them go back into their own shows. I forgot. Then, so I, I'd I rather said, see that as I an anthology of different I, shows. Man, I should have said that would work. Because he forgot Legends characters. of Tomorrow was still on the air. That, see, it, that would even be okay. better is do Legends of Tomorrow as an anthology. But they use all the characters that mm-hmm. already showed up in Flash and Arrow. So, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. is CW like knows its audience. They have, they have a diehard fan base. And the show in shows like Flash and Greener and Legends of Tomorrow that only pull in like two million viewers a week, mm-hmm. which is the death knell for any other for any major network. You've got. Are you, you not you, coming back into the show? No. <laughs> okay. We've got you've got you've got at least an audience there who's gonna who's gonna stick with it and watch it and and keep it alive and and they're gonna have fun. Look, Again, and for especially for all those CW shows, I've always said like they're not for me. But they're for a lot of people who who are just looking for some just like you know the very like the the, the high energy television shows you know it's uh, not a lot of substance but it's it's something mm-hmm. that's keeping people entertained and that's good like you know even I'd rather see I'd rather see Supergirl live on at CW than die at CBS and that's that you know the, the same thing kind of can be said with Constantine you know the character the the show died on NBC. But the character was resurrected, obviously, you know, which is kind of funny since it's Constantine, uh, was resurrected in Arrow. They got Supernatural to survive this long. <laughs> Supernatural, they, but that's a they show. Should've, they should have just started. Everybody's on that. Everybody on that show's on been going. First. Yeah, but everybody on, on Supernatural's been. Can Wait, we, they're, they're still going to pay me to do this? Show? Can, okay. can we? Yeah, can we end right. this? We, we're done. We want to. We want to end. Yeah, this. that show should have ended like with the 
like third or fourth season. Which is weird because that show started like around season five of Smallville after Jensen Ackles quit. Yeah. To do that show, and it's like, my God, that show's still on. I was surprised. Smallville. He was. Uh, he was one of the one of the coaches at Smallville High. It was really weird. But then he's like, all right, I got my own show. And then they coincidentally brought in like a Constantine-like character in their own show. So. I'm surprised iZombie is still uh, doing well. It was good. Yeah, I forgot about that show, too. I enjoy it. And then we have The Preacher starting next week? Yeah, I don't think it's... I think, I think it's I, next I week. I thought it was the week of... It has to wait for a period I thought it was the, I thought it was the last, last week of May. I thought it was around con- uh, Comic-Con. Is it? That could be. I, I, thought, I thought so. Oh yeah, okay. oh so, that's right. Yeah, the the bag. The, I did remember the, seeing like the preacher bags. <laughs> preacher bags. Um, anything uh, else? Because that's basically it. Time after time is coming back as a show. If you don't know, time after time is was a book and then a movie. So that's a song by uh, Cindy Lauper. It is a song, but uh, no relation. But it's about uh, so if you ever see so it's a hilariously good time travel book. It's got H.G. Mm. Uh, Wells uh, chasing after his once best friend Jack, who ends up being Jack the Ripper. Jack the, oh, Ripper, wow. Jack the Ripper steals H.G. Wells' time machine from the time machine and goes back in time, or goes forward in time to hide, commits more crimes, and then H.G. Wells is chasing after him. And it was a fun cult movie uh, that had uh, 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 a really, really fun setting, and now it's going to become a television show. Very cool. So just, I don't know, weird, just weird, like, that got announced today, and I'm kind of, I'm cautiously optimistic. So... And we'll, we'll we'll close things out here. Um, Chris, do you want to grab the microphone to talk about the uh, the uh, the rebirth uh, show you got you and Sebastian are going to be doing? Or Sebastian, Sebastian. <laughs> Chris, Chris is done right now. So well, you, Sebastian, you, you, look, you brought up Castle. This is all your. Uh, it's my fault because I had to bring up Nathan Fillion and Castle being Castle canceled. Has nothing to do with comics or geek. Mm, it does in a way. No, it doesn't. It does because a lot of people. There's a lot of Wheaton esque people that watch Castle, and Castle does have its tendencies like, to. It's like six degrees of separation. But no, Castle does have every once in a while has a, a tendencies to to make pop well, what, co- what, co- pop culture references. What was that? What was that episode where he fought that guy with the laser eyes? Was that a Castle episode? <laughs> no, there was uh, there was the, an episode where he dresses up does as Castle. Eat a car or something. <laughs> there is an episode where he dresses up as. Uh, does uh, the child in on his, Castle in his have Firefly like super outfit. speed? Well, he dresses up in his Firefly outfit one time for Christmas for uh, Halloween. Oh, his daughter okay. goes, daughter looks at him, and goes, "Are you ever going to let that go?" And she's like, "Never." So, but there are crossover things. So, um, you and Chris are going to be doing. We're going to be doing uh, weekly reviews for the Rebirth books when they come out. Uh, yes, going to be. We're going to just pick our favorites and talk about what we like. Nice, and that's starting up next week or the week after. We're getting close. Twenty uh, fifth. So uh, look forward to that every Wednesday morning on that. Uh, every one, every Wednesday morning on the twenty fifth is what I was going to say. Yeah. So look for that every every Wednesday morning starting on the twenty fifth. And, and that's going to be up on iTunes, right? Or it's going to be SoundCloud everywhere that Nerdables yeah, everywhere is. That we're going to be. Yes, everywhere we are, that show will be. It's kind of like our Walking Dead show. It's going to keep be it short and sweet. Expansion. Pick out our favorites from the week and kind and chit chat. A, a brief review and, and yeah, reaction. Especially because there's going to be quite a few books, but we're gonna we're gonna limit it to just 
focusing just on the, just a few. Just the, the, favorite, the handfuls favorites. that are our favorites that week. That's good. Yeah, I, I think that, that'd be a, a smart way to do it. So, for Chris, who's dropped his mic this week, Mikey, Ethan, Sebastian, I'm already saying check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables, and we're on Twitter, at Nerdable Show. And next week, we'll talk to you then. <laughs> I want to say see you then, but Ethan, every time I say it, you, you uh, I haven't said it for see a couple them. Of I haven't said it for they a They can't time. see us. Oh my